Good morning. And to those who are gathered in this room, I thank you so much. Um, and those of you who are listening, either by live stream or by recording, please don't get used to doing it electronically. Come and join, whether you're in our area and you're part of this body, or whether you're out of the area or your home church is another church. Please stay connected physically as well as spiritually. But right now, my brothers and sisters, I know that there are new prayer requests in the, uh, in the prayer plate, and I do know that our dear brother Eddie, has, uh, who's not with us this morning, and he was definitely missed up on the platform, his voice, um, he's made a prayer request as well for his mom. So for those of us in this room, and for those of you who are listening, and I want to say, even if you're listening to this recording, even if it's not at, at this moment in time, God is bigger than time. God is, is bigger than... And geography, numbers, all of that, none, none, of, none of that means anything to God. What matters to God is our faith. So now, as we go to Him and pray, we know and we can have confidence in the name of Jesus that He hears us. So when we make our prayers in this moment, church, both in this room with me and those of you who are listening, let's bind our hearts and our faith together. Let's stand as one, united, and make our prayers, our supplications made known to God in Jesus' name. So Lord, that is our attitude this morning. Lord, knowing, not just saying, not just confessing because it sounds good and it's preachy, but Lord, knowing in our hearts that you hear us and also knowing that you are a great and awesome God, most powerful. Nothing is beyond you. There's nothing that's too hard for you. Knowing, Lord Jesus, that not only are you able but you are merciful. And, and Father, you love us and you want to bless us. So Lord, it's with that confidence and with that attitude that we make some of these requests made known unto you. Father, first and foremost, because our brother, our brother reached out to us this morning. Father, we lift up Mrs. Hughes to you right now. Father, I don't know exactly what the issue is, but you know every ounce of it. So Lord, we lift her soul to you now. And ask that you touch her, body, soul, and spirit. Father, that she feels your strength, a new anointing, a fresh touch. And Father, even as Eddie goes to minister, Father, bless him. Strengthen him. Let your word rise up in him. Let him be your prophet, your healer. Work through him, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, for those requests that have been made known via prayer card. Father, we lift them up to you now. Father, there are requests for healing in physical bodies. Father, there are requests for salvation for wayward children. Father, for spiritual growth. Father, you know who made the requests and you know the hearts and the minds. And Father, we just, again, bind our faith. Put our faith, our trust in you, knowing that you are a God who delivers. So we pray for your deliverance this morning, Lord whether it be from fear because of this current situation, whether it be, uh, Lord God, the guilt and the shame that we feel because of the mistakes that we may have made. Father, we ask for your deliverance. 
Father, maybe there are some of us who under the sound of my voice even now who have a physical ailment and they've prayed to you, Lord, for a long time. I pray, Lord, this morning that you stir them up. Father, that you stir something up on the inside of them and their faith rises and they put a new trust, a new belief in you. Father, that they dig deeper and something happens, Lord, in Jesus' name and they receive from you healing and they prosper, Lord, even as you're you're prospering their very soul. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. God bless. This morning, for all of us, um, we're going to be, most of the text will be from 1 Thessalonians. And we're going to be in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, but mostly in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. So if you want to tune up your electronic device, or if you're uh, doing it the old school way, like Pastor Tony, and open up the Bible... Uh, just take a moment and find First Thessalonians. It's just before Second Thessalonians, by the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll give you a moment. We're going to begin in chapter 5 um, in verse 1. And some of this, those of you who are in the room with me, um, and I want to remind those of you who uh, are not with us, if, you, if the Lord leads and you'd like to join us, we are meeting here on Sundays and Wednesdays. We are practicing social distancing, we have chairs blocked off, we have hand sanitizer, thanks to Dick and Steve, (laughs) and uh, we want to invite you, um, but use your best judgment as the Lord leads. So beginning now in verse 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are always doing. My my brothers and sisters, Awesome. See, last week we were, you know, obviously we celebrated Easter together and I'm so glad that more of you were here with us and that was an awesome thing. There were some tears, lumps in throats because we hadn't seen each other in a while. It was just awesome. But now, evidently, my brothers and sisters, what we talked about last week as we studied in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there's something similar going on, obviously, to the church at Thessalonica. And what, what would that be? Well, there's already some doubts as to eschatology, as to the end times, and as to the resurrection from the dead. And, and what order? You know, and so Paul, for the most part, in this first letter to the, to the Thessalonians, as he did in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he addresses some of those issues. So it's, it's talking about the end time and, and what's going to happen and about the dead. So now, let me just go back real quick Yes, thank you. If we could keep that up there just for a moment. Let us who are of the day be sober. Now, now we know, my brothers and sisters, but maybe there's someone who's new and who may be listening. He's not talking about day and night. We know that he's talking about those who have this knowledge, those who have been enlightened, and those who don't know. 
So those who are of the day, those we know. He's saying we know him. We, we have this relationship with him. There, Jesus has already taught us. The Holy Spirit has already taught us. So we know some things. We're of the day, right? And so there, there are people who don't know. And maybe some who choose not to know. Because they, the pull of the world has got them and they'd rather be you know, not knowing and, and continue to do and go as uh, they would, so on and so forth. And those would be the ones that are the children of darkness and night. They still don't have this knowledge. They still aren't operating in the light or the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, so those of us who are a day of the day, we should be sober. What does he mean? Not drunk? No, he's talking about be alert. Be alert. And, and we should be prepared. Now, also, as we read this, we can also hearken back to what we've studied together and so many of you on your own in the book of Ephesians or in the letter to the Ephesians where he instructs it. He, the Holy Spirit through Paul, put on the whole armor of God. Amen? So he's, you know, even we see the, the similitude, we see the similarity right here. We talk about this breastplate of faith and love. But I want to just highlight just a little bit, as I did hopefully here, uh, the helmet, the hope of salvation. There are so many things, if we look at the middle of our situation right now, when I say our, I mean the world. We're in the middle of this global pandemic. And so many people are asking so many questions. I'm, I'm happy to say, and I may have shared it with you, and some of you may have already known it, that Bible sales are up. People are all of a sudden very interested in, and I'll praise God. That's a great thing. Hallelujah. I'm hoping that the church rises up. The church gets more Bible conscious. Bible conscious. You know, come on now. Not compromising with the culture, but what thus saith the Lord. Amen? Amen. I'm hoping that now we dig up. So maybe some people who had been in church for all these years are now finally cracking open the book and instead of taking Pastor Tony's word for it, maybe they're going to look for themselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But look at what that says. The helmet, the hope of salvation. What is that? See, my brothers and sisters, so many people operating through fear. But I, my mind is, is clear. The enemy of my soul and yours tries to minister to us through our minds, through our thoughts, to try to distract us, to get our, our, our eyes or our minds towards something else, and then we forget. No, I've got hope. It doesn't matter how bad it looks, and it doesn't matter what the enemy of my soul, the media, politicians, it doesn't matter what anybody tries to get me looking at. I know what he says. I know that there's hope in Christ Jesus no matter how hopeless it may look. And here's what else I know. I know that as human beings, sometimes we look at people and we look at some lost people and then we categorize them. And we may say, well, there's no hope for that one. Nah. In Jesus, there's hope for everyone. Everyone. Hallelujah. So, man... And, and, and also, as we look at this, I, I, I love the scripture if you look at chapter 4. So right now we're in 5, we're going to go to 1. But remember, in chapter 4, that's where Paul talks about the rapture of the church and he talks about what's, what's going to happen, the wrath of God coming upon the earth and how we're going to escape it. And that, oh, I love that. And even now, come quickly, Lord Jesus. For the Lord himself shall descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and see my brothers and sisters sometimes when I'm in the middle of it and I think okay maybe you know this is this is, it, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the situation I'm overwhelmed with the burdens of, of maybe pastoring a church and maybe things don't look good man there's always that 
Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. I know that when the worst comes, we're out of here. You can stay if you want to, but I'm gone. He's going to come and He's going to rescue me. Hallelujah. How about you? So this is speaking to these these end times and maybe some of the doubts. And, And my brothers and sisters, most of these folks that he's addressing are... Um, Gentiles. These are non-Jews. These are Gentile Christians that he's trying to, to reinforce. But now, let's pop over back to um, chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse 2. Verse 1, he just gives his introduction that um, him, Timothy, and Silvanus are the ones that are authoring this letter, I guess, together. Verse 2 says, We give thanks to God always for you, for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor, love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God, knowing that you were chosen by God. For our gospel, verse 5, did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all Macedonia, Achaia, and and all who believe. For from the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, your faith toward God has gone out, so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. I want to make sure that you understand Jesus, who He raised from the dead. It has to be understood, and I'm not going to repeat last week's message, the Easter message, but that bodily resurrection, not the spirit, not just a soul, not just an apparition of some sort, not a figment of everybody's imagination simultaneously. The actual body of Jesus is so important. Why? Because in this, even now as he's stating this, you can have confidence because God proved all of these things to us. God showed us and he rose Jesus, the body of Jesus, came out of that tomb alive so you can have confidence that you will escape the wrath to come. You don't just have to take this word. God has even showed us. He's performed some things that are mighty, that are powerful. You don't have to just... You've seen it. You believe it. You can hang on to something. Hallelujah. In that scripture, my brothers and sisters, back in verse 6, it says, and you became followers of us and of the Lord. That word comes from a Greek word that we get our word um, mimic from. Imitate. Imitate. So you could say, you became imitators of us, or you mimicked us, and of, as we imitated the Lord. Or, or, are you with me? Okay, so now when I hear that word, it's, okay, I understand, you know, but it just kind of rubs me the wrong way, in a, and I'll tell you why, hopefully in a minute. Because before months and months and months ago, I had planned on preaching a message and I was studying a message uh, about following Jesus. Follow me. And in the middle of that, we had some other things. I've got nudged by Holy Spirit. We did some other things. And, you know, he that dwelleth, Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my, my, my 
God. He's my refuge. Amen? Okay. We had some other things happen. This global pandemic, and I got nudged again. But now here we find we're back here about following Jesus. In Matthew four eighteen through 20, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. My brothers and sisters, when Jesus speaks to them and says, follow me, in that moment he's saying, come behind me. The Greek that that's translated from, it's as if you would say, okay, hey, follow me, like I'm going this way, just come up behind me. I'm, I'm, you just follow me immediately, right? And that's what... Now, I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to John chapter 1, verse 43. The following day, context, this was after Jesus started calling upon... He, he had John the, uh, the Baptist, two of John the Baptist's disciples follow Jesus. They saw Jesus. They heard John's confession about Jesus. And so remember, they went to Jesus and they were following Jesus. And Jesus says, what, what do you want? What do you see? We want to see where you live. He says, come on. Remember that? So after that had happened, now one of them was Andrew, Peter's brother, and the other one was the Apostle John. And so they became Jesus' disciples. They go back and they're starting to tell their their brothers and and such, and specifically told Peter. And that's when uh, Jesus met Peter for the first time. But so now this is speaking the following day after that. uh, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Different word here. See, so, so now I've given you three follows, and they're all different. The first one, remember, out of Thessalonians, mimic, imitate. And in some, transla- some translations, it will say imitate. But in the next two, the one it says to come behind, follow me immediately. You know, amen? Like, you know, me and Michelle were, were driving somewhere not too long ago. Might have been to Anthony's house. I had never been there, but anyway, so I'm trying to follow her in the car. I'm, I'm in the truck, she's in the car, and okay, follow me. Vroom, she's gone. I've got traffic, I've got people, and I can't follow her. I can't see her anymore. So that's the sense of follow me, you know, but you've got to stay behind me to follow me immediately. And she ditched me, and I've forgiven her, so all is well. But now, remember now that that first one, imitate, mimic. The next one, follow me immediately, come behind me. But now this one, in most of the places that you read this, my brothers and sisters, follow me, it's going to speak to this definition as, as we've just seen in, the, in this one out of John. And that is to follow me as in the way that I'm going, you go that way. It even means you can join me in that way. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So now Jesus is saying, follow me. The way that I'm going, you're coming that way. It doesn't necessarily... And I'm going to join you. It could mean that I'm, I'm also joining you on this journey. It's a little bit different, but most of the time that we see Jesus saying, follow me, that's the word that it's coming from. Properly, to come in the same way with, to accompany as a disciple. In Mark two fourteen, he says, as he passed by, he saw Levi the son of Alphaeus, at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. Follow me. The same one. Come, Accompany me. Go the same way that I'm going. So we're going to talk a little bit about now, of course, Levi, that was Matthew. 
Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit more about Matthew's experience as it relates to following Jesus. In Matthew 9, 9, verse 9, it says this, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose, he, meaning Matthew, arose and followed him immediately. He left everything, setting, and he just followed him immediately. Now, so we already heard uh, Mark the same way when Mark described the calling of Matthew. He called him Levi. Now, let's go to Luke. Luke's same um, witness or testimony of the same experience. In chapter 5, verse 27, After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he, Matthew, left all, rose up and followed him. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with him. And their scribes and their Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? so, So this jumps out at me. And so maybe it's already jumped out at you, so just forgive me for being a little bit simplistic. But if you'll notice how Matthew refers to himself when he's given the testimony of the gospel. He calls himself Matthew. But notice how the other apostles and disciple name him Levi. That's his proper name. That's his proper name. His proper name is Levi. He was of that same, uh, same order as the Le- Leviticus, not Leviticus, please forgive me. No, as the Levites, the priesthood, that tribe of, of, of Levi. My, my brothers and sisters, or the, the sons of, right? The same order, that same celebrated, recognized tribe but Matthew seemed to be very humble. Matthew was humble. He referred to himself as Matthew, but his brothers gave him the proper name. Why? This is after the fact. Now, we know that in that culture, in that, you know, tax collectors were, were just, they, they were hated by their own people because they were working for Rome and they would cheat the people and get rich. Matthew was probably a very, very, very wealthy man. But Matthew immediately sets aside everything. When Jesus called him, he, he just immediately followed him. And one of the first things that Matthew does is he invites all of his friends. He wasn't shy about this new Lord that he found. He wasn't shy about this one, about his new calling. He wasn't shy about it. He wasn't going to cover it up. In fact, he was trying to share it with those people who needed some help as well. Isn't that so? Hallelujah. Not covering it up. But then you look at those. I want to say this delicately. I'm going to skip it. I'm just going to go on. So now let's go back to Matthew 9, and, his, and, and we, we'll see this um, fleshed out a little bit. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, Matthew's own testimony of himself, calling himself Matthew. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now what happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house, now they're already there, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when, his, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick... 
But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. My, my brothers and sisters, for a younger Christian, when I was a younger Christian, this confused me. Because now he's talking about, it's, it appears like he's saying that the, the Pharisees and the scribes, you know, they were okay. You know, they were healthy. You know, they didn't need a savior. They were already righteous. But now as we're, we get older in the Lord and we study the scripture, we start that, you know, the Holy Spirit's teaching us, what Jesus is saying is, I didn't come to serve or to help those, to heal those who already thought that they were healed and they didn't need it. I didn't come to those who already were the self-righteous. I didn't come to those who already thought that they were there, they've arrived. I didn't come for them. I came to the ones who were humble, who the, the ones who knew that they weren't right. They had to change that thus repentance. I came to the ones who knew that they needed something other than where they were. I didn't come to those who were religious, those who were putting on the show as it were, those who could dress the right, right way, those who can act the right way, those who can be admired by many. Uh-uh. I came to the, one who's, the ones who were on the other side of the tracks. I came to the ones that maybe had a little bit of money, but in their heart, they know they got it ill-gotten. It was ill-gotten gains, and they knew that they weren't right. They need help. I came for them. Hallelujah. I didn't come for you religious folks. Hallelujah. So now let's go back to chapter 1, verse 5. For you, remember now, he's speaking to the church, these people who were born again, these, this church at Thessalonica. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers, remember that word now, Remember, I told you that was mimic, and I had a problem with that word. Imitate. And in some translations, it say imitate. You were, and you became followers or imitators of us and of the Lord, having received... This is so important, my brothers and sisters. Listen to this. Having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all of Macedonia, Achaia, who believe. Hallelujah. Now, my brothers and sisters, if you want to know exactly what Paul is saying, go to Acts chapter 17 and you'll see. They suffered greatly. So now he's saying, you had the same afflictions that we had, the same afflictions that Jesus had. In fact, you looked like us. You looked like us. So, so, so let me go back. The Holy Spirit and in much assurance. What's the, What's the assurance? Because of what you received and because of how you conducted yourselves, you know that there was much persecution. Again, go to Acts chapter 17. You'll know that there was much persecution just like we did. So in fact, you were kind of like imitators of us. You looked exactly like us when we received it. You looked exactly like us and all the persecution that we're suffering. You looked exactly like us who, by the way, looked exactly like our Lord and Savior Jesus who suffered, who suffered greatly, who was persecuted greatly. You looked like us. In that, you imitated us. No, my brothers and sisters, but, but you see what he says? And because of that, everybody in these other places knew that it was the real deal. Because you still had the joy of the Holy Spirit. 
You didn't buckle. You didn't bend. You still stuck it out. You still stayed together. Hallelujah. You remained. Hallelujah. You stood knowing. Hallelujah. See that word though, mimic. I wish... See, when I was young and I, I thought that, man, okay, all I got to do now is just look the part. But see, that's exactly what Jesus was saying to those Sadducees and to those Pharisees. You guys look the part, so you don't need me. Because you think looking the part does the trick. No. I, I, you know how I am. I like to. What do you think of when I say pleather? Say it. Say what? Couch. Fake leather. I heard it a couple times. Fake leather, absolutely. I'm going to show you the shoe that my wife bought me. I got a deal. Couldn't pass it up. $5 at the Walmart. Now, if you work at Walmart, if you own stock in Walmart, don't get mad at me. Don't email me. Don't send me letters. I like some stuff at Walmart, just not these shoes. But if you look at it, it looks like leather. But look at here, I wore it for a little while. I could peel that thing right off of there. So on the outside, it looks like it. It looks like leather. So I, I'm going to squeal on myself now maybe a little bit. So I can't, I can't help it. So I say to Michelle, you know, I'm going to do this shoe thing. I, I need something to really, I want to demonstrate to the folks, and those of you who are listening and can't see, I just held up a shoe where I'm peeling the actual leather finish off the shoe. But so now I ask Michelle, well, you know, I really want to show the folks and, and really make the point. And so I'm, very, I'm a visual learner, so I like to be a, you know, a visual teacher. And she said, well, let me get one of my boots, because you're always asking me, why do I have to keep buying boots? <laughs> I think there was a little zing-zing in there, I think. We, we got an anniversary coming up, so guess what? If I buy the boots, they better be real leather, because the pleather ain't going to cut it. <laughs> so she may be laying a little bit of groundwork for what's about to happen. Uh, no more pleather, Tony. But how about this? I mean, uh, nowadays everybody's buying things online. I mean, and you buy stuff and buy some furniture. I mean, I bought you know this beautiful oak-looking furniture, and I, I showed a piece to, to Michelle today, and it was pretty amazing. So unlike being able to peel this veneer off this shoe, I showed her you have this piece of wood. The one side of it looks gorgeous. It looks like light oak. Beautiful. Beautiful. Man, you look at the edge and the back side. It's a piece of plywood got something <laughs> so so are you are you feeling me so you know we can look like something we can look like something and see that's what bothered me about that word but now as you dig deeper and as I, as we just did together and I showed you what uh, the apostle or the holy spirit through the apostle is saying yeah you mimicked us to the extent that you know you were persecuted you looked just like us as it was related to your persecution and coming through it. And we look like Jesus because Jesus was prosecuted. Jesus came through it very greatly and never changed. Always hung. Always. Hallelujah. There's too many imitations. There's too many imitators, my brothers and sisters. Just like last week, you know, part of the message I was talking to you about the Sinos, C-I-N-O. Christians in name only. We have too many imitators, too many mimics. We need to be solid. And see, you know you're solid when the test comes. 
and you hang on to all of that. You, 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 you've got that helmet of salvation. You know that no matter what it looks like, you know that no matter what science says, no matter what the passing fad or fancy is, you know that you know that you know. I want to go now to Matthew 26. Here's something else. Beginning in verse 57. Those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard and he went and sat with the servants to see the end. He wanted to see how this was all going to turn out. Jesus already told him how it was going to turn out, didn't he? Jesus already told him, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer at the hands of the Gentiles. But a third day, I'm going to come up out of that grave. He already told him, this has to happen. But, but Peter is following Jesus at a distance. In the courtyard, someone recognizes him. Hey, two, a little girl. Hey, you're one of those followers of Jesus. You were, you were with him. Oh no, not me. Then another. I recognize you. No. I don't even know the man. Then finally, if one says, listen, you're a Galilean. Your language, the way you talk, <laughs> you're Italian. You talk with your hands. <laughs> What's the matter you? No, the way you talk is giving you away. You're a Galilean. You're one of them. You're No. And in one of the Gospels, it said he literally got upset and cursed. He, he, he used some bad language, y'all. Peter. See, my brothers and sisters, he's following Jesus at a distance. See, we have a lot of, a lot of quote-unquote Christians. A lot of us will, 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 will look like, will look the part. We'll be like, you know, we'll put on our Sunday clothes. And nowadays, if you go into the, the cultural churches, man, that means you're going to rip ripped jeans, t-shirts, and whatever. Or you could even be old-time or old-school like some of the churches that I do know of and praise God, one of the ones that I was a member of and they still, the preacher still preaches great messages. Holy Ghost all over them can preach to different races, different cultures, different ages and still lighten it up for the Holy Spirit but he'll preach in a jacket and tie every Sunday. See, it doesn't matter though what we look like because we could be just like this shoe or just like that oak veneer on the outside, but really it's just pressed wood. There's too many of those things that happen because what happens when that... Look at what happened to this shoe. And again, I apologize to those who can't see, but I'm holding up this shoe. I wore this shoe a few times. And when it's put under stress or under pressure of different weather, I'm walking in water, there's different elements. It's exposed to different things, different stresses then that veneer starts to peel back. Don't you know it? Same thing with that beautiful oak finish, that oak furniture. Man, if I put the wrong thing on that, it'll start... Y'all ever um, see the, um, the wood floors that are actually coated? It's vinyl. It's fin- Man, I saw one in a house one time. It got a little bit wet. Man, you could peel the finish right off of that thing. Why? It's not made for that. There was a different stress, a different condition that was put on that. 
See, my brothers and sisters, if we are mimicking, if we're just doing what we saw to be done, or if we're doing something because Pastor Tony said so, or because if I do this, it's going to, be, it's going to have my mom and my dad off my back, or it's going to, at least I'll look the part and people will think I'm that. Or if I look the part, I know Jesus is going to bless me and eventually it's going to pay off. No, 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 because you're going to have some stress put on you. And then that facade will be peeled back, baby. You can't live in this world and not have that facade peeled back. Something's going to happen. And then what's inside is going to be visible. Hallelujah. Or you could be like Peter. You could be like Peter and you could say, okay, Lord, this this is the same Peter who had revelation from God. Who who do people say they am? Some say Isaiah, some say this. Who do you say that I am? I say that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. He received rhema. But now there's this, 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 this stress, this pressure, and now uh, he still has this love for Jesus. He's just walked with him for three and a half years. He's seen the signs, wonders, and miracles. He's had revelation knowledge poured out on him from God. But now things are looking a little bit tight. Things are a little bit stressful. Things are a little bit... So I'm just going to stay back here, Lord, and I'm going to see how this turns out. <laughs> I just rung a bell with somebody. I'm just telling. I'm just going to stand back just a little bit and see, Lord, let me see what happens. Let me see what you do here. Because if, if you rise up right now, if you throw those shackles off of you, then I'm going to just jump by your side. Jesus, if you come out of this trial, this, this, this kangaroo court, if you come out on top, I'm going to stand right next to you. No, he's following at a distance. So then when a little girl makes an accusation, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This big tough Peter dude, the one who cut off Malchus's ear when they tried to arrest Jesus, pulled his sword. But now he's following. See, he was right up with him then. Now he's following him at a distance. And so now when he's following him at a distance, a little girl or two makes an accusation at him. Oh, no, no. Don't even know the man. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. So, I can mimic and I could kind of make it look like that, but if it's not coming... On the inside of me, it's not going to last. Not going to last. Or I could kind of follow him at a distance, and when things are going on that I like, I can snuggle up on him and, you know, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But when things are kind of not looking so good, I'm going to stand back for a little bit and see how this turns out. Let me see what happens, and then I'll make my decision. Come on now. Hmm. Is this ministering? Is is this tracking with anybody? I want to, when I was studying this, I looked, I found this quote and I found it very interesting. Listen to it if you would with me. Jesus tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'm going to not use the name, I'll, I'll use it later. Jesus tapped me on the shoulder and said, why are you resisting me? I said, I'm not resisting you. He said, you're going to follow me? I said, Never thought about that before. He said, when you are not following me, you are resisting me. You know who said that? 
the great theologian Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan wrote that, where he quoted that. But do you understand, that is so powerful. When you do not follow me, when you're not following me, you're resisting me. So, so I got to think, my brothers and sisters, this morning, no matter where you are, not ge- you know, geographically, sure, absolutely. We have people listening to us from all over the place. But no, wherever you find yourself, what situation are you in right now? But where, more importantly, where do you find yourself spiritually? Where are you? If you call yourself a Christian, are you in the mimic mode? Are you following at a distance? How about this? Are you waiting for something, an oh my gosh moment? And I said gosh. Are you waiting for that big moment where Jesus proves himself to you and then you say, okay, now I'm going to follow you with my whole heart? Because isn't that what Peter was doing? Waiting to see what happened? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to follow him, folks. And, and remember where we've been in our teaching. I'm going to... I'll just raise this umbrella. This umbrella represents, for me, and for my illustration right now, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. I want to follow him so close. Whatever's falling is not going to get me. And this is God who is not like Michelle saying, follow me, and then zoom down the road. No. This is God who says, follow me, at the same time reaching His hand back to me and to you through an old, rugged, bloody cross who says, follow me. And then we go into the tomb with Him. But then just like Him, on the third day, up out of the tomb to live forevermore. Follow me. So where do you find yourself? I want to say to anybody and everyone who would listen, if you're waiting for that aha moment, stop. It already happened 2,000 years ago on a cross on Calvary and then three days after that when they found a tomb empty. It already happened. What are you waiting for? Follow Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, I don't want to be all somber and leave us on that. I want to tell you that there is great hope because there are many in this room and many who are under the sound of my voice who are following Him. And you know that this word is true. So what you're doing is you're doing what they did after Pentecost. You're going out there and you're ministering by the Holy Spirit, the risen Jesus. And you have His power now flowing through you. And you're able to communicate, but the most important thing is like He said to those people who were the religious people playing games, who thought they were righteous because they were religious. And He told them, and when He said, go and find out what this means, I prefer mercy. He was quoting from their scriptures. He was quoting from Hosea. 
Go and see what this loving kindness is all about that I prefer over sacrifice, that I prefer over you looking the part. Go and find out what, listen, why you should look at these sinners, that you should look at these publicans and you should see what I see. Lost sheep in need of a good shepherd. So I know that there are people under the sound of my voice in this room and outside this room who, are, who hear this word and know what it says and they have the love of God in them shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Spirit and you're doing the things that God has called you to do. So my brothers and sisters, let's be humble, let's be real, and let's follow Jesus closer than we've ever followed Him before. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Great God, our Father in heaven, we love you, Lord. And your word is light. Thank you for enlightening us. Thank you for giving us knowledge today. Holy Spirit, knowledge, this knowledge that we think we have is nothing without you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bless us with a fresh touch a fresh anointing and empower us especially in this specific time that we're going through where many are looking for answers Lord God and and quite frankly some are just bored to tears some are very frustrated some are angry Father there's just a whole range of emotions that we feel as humans but Lord in this time I pray that you would anoint us that you would give us a boldness, that we would follow you so closely that we would be able to be truly light and salt. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. Now, to he who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the resurrection power that's in us, To him be all the glory in the church by Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Y'all can go in peace. And those of you who are listening, peace and love in Jesus' name.